Rodney Howard Brown Evangelistic Association presents this five-part series on the touch of God, recorded during the morning sessions of the first week of a six-week revival in the spring of 1993 at the Carpenter's Home Church in Lakeland, Florida. morning we thank you for thy anointing in this place thank you for that which you're doing thank you that the effects of these meetings will have far-reaching results even unto eternity lives will be changed this shall happen have a rippling effect throughout central florida and even florida and then beyond oh we just honor you we do praise you for thy sweet gentle presence bring the hungry people in from the north the south the east and the west bring them in oh god supernaturally by thy power I think as your word goes forth that you make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer that I might speak forth the word of the Lord unto your people this day thank you for signs and wonders Lord I am nothing you are everything let every man be brought low but let Jesus Christ of Nazareth be lifted up and exalted we do honor you we do praise you we thank you for your holy anointing oil that is here right now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. If you'd open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 4. When we're studying on the subject of the anointing. I was in San Diego, California in the month of July of 1991. And as I was preaching, I began to prophesy. It happens sometimes. It happened last night. It happened again. And I began to prophesy, and the Lord said this. He said, the great men and women of God that I'm using in the earth today, he said, I'm not using them because they are anything special into the sense that sometimes we look at the great men and women of God that God does use and we think that God has favorites that for some unbeknown reason God just looked at them now I do believe in the callings of God but the Lord said this I'm not using them because they're anything special I'm using them for one reason and one reason alone because they pressed in and touched me and I touched them God will use anyone that comes with a humble heart God used a donkey in the Old Testament and he still uses donkeys today hee-haw 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 if you want to be used of God you can press in it's the touch of God that will put you over and so our morning theme, as I teach on the subject of anointing, is on the touch of God. It's the touch of heaven in your life that's going to put you over. They looked at Peter and John, perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they marveled and took knowledge of the fact that they've been with Jesus. Who can people tell that you've been with? Now, when it comes to the subject of the anointing, there's a lot of speculation. I've heard many people talk about the anointing, but they always leave you with a vague picture. 
It's always like it's clouded in mystery. It's covered in a shroud of mystery. Like you never really know. And that's not the way it is. The anointing is plain. The anointing is plain as reading it out of the word of God. There's certain principles that you can do that will enable the anointing of God to flow and to function. There's certain things that you can do as the vessel because realize this, that you are only a vessel. That it's not you, but it's God that flows through you. Jesus said, it's not I that doeth the work, but my Father within me, he doeth the work. And so you and I, if we are anointed by the Spirit of God, we can boldly say, it's not I that doeth the work, but my Father within me, he doeth the work. Very easy to say that. Let's look at several scriptures here this morning in laying a foundation for our teaching on the subject of the anointing. And I want to begin in Luke chapter 4 and reading from verse 14. I want to read quite a few verses of scripture and lay our foundation in our teaching of the subject of the anointing. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And it was delivered into him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he'd opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the anointing comes in use for a reason, it's for a purpose. He hath anointed me. You could say the anointing is the equipment to get the job done. The anointing is God empowering a believer, God enabling a believer, God gracing a believer. God will never call you to do something without equipping you to get the job done. Today we live in a society where some people are called, some people are sent, others bought a microphone and went. If God calls you, God's going to anoint you, God's going to equip you to get the job done. God wouldn't call you to preach and then not anoint you to preach. God wouldn't have called you to sing and not anoint you to sing. Come on now. You might have talent and this is where people miss it. They think talent or natural ability is the anointing and it's not. You can be very professional in your communicative ability and not be anointed at all. People are going to Bible cemeteries, I mean seminaries. <laughs> Being taught the art of preaching, homiletics, you know, three points in a poem. They get to the meeting. Oh, they're great communicators. Words flow off their tongue. Everybody sits there and their ears are tickled with the words. But there's absolutely no anointing. Absolutely no anointing. What is the anointing? What is the anointing? I'm glad you asked that question. The anointing is the presence and power of God made manifest in a tangible way. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost is in a meeting and nothing happens. I'm not going to believe you. And I've had people come to me and say, Brother Rodney, we used to have a demonstration of the power of God in our early part of our ministry, but then we grew up and we've matured more in the things of God, and now our anointing is more administrative. Oh, you mean nobody gets healed anymore, it's more administrative anointing. Give me a Pentecostal break. 
That is an excuse for the lack of the power of God in any ministry to go and tell people that your anointing now has become administrative. That's a bunch of garbage. How can you lose signs and wonders in the supernatural? How can you lose people getting saved and people getting healed and then tell us that you matured in God and that your anointing is now more administrative? I know we were like that then. No, you've compromised and backslid. That's what you are, you ugly thing. You've not matured in God. You've gone back in him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me, he hath equipped me, he hath enabled me, he hath empowered me, he hath graced me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That right there in a nutshell is the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this was his favorite message. I believe that he shared this everywhere he went. He would stand up and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. He hath enabled me. He hath empowered me. The anointing is the equipment to get the job done. Then go to chapter 5 and verse 15. But so much the more went their fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed, and it came to pass. On a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law, amazing how they always come out. They come to my meetings. We have them all the time. Pharisees, Sadducees, Woodensees, Couldensees, and come and sit there and criticize. But yet they've never won anybody to Jesus in over a year, never got anybody saved, can't even get themselves out of bed in the morning, and they're nothing more than somebody that's spiritually brain-bound by all of their theology and all of their isms and philosophy, and none of it can be applicable in daily life. Can you say amen? Somebody said, are you sure hard on them? Yes. They are nothing more than whitewashed sepulchres full of dead men's bones. Hello. If you open their mouth, you see rotten bones on the inside. Come on now. The blind leading the blind. They strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Hello. No wonder the church has been bound for so long because they've allowed the Pharisees and Sadducees they were the religious leaders of the day. They've allowed themselves to be contaminated. They've lost the purity of the anointing of God. They've lost the power. They've opted out of the power of God rather to become acceptable to humanity. Because when you go with the Holy Ghost, there comes persecution. Now, anyway, they were there in Jesus' ministry. I feel happier, you know. Which will come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. What was that power of the Lord? The anointing. The anointing. Now, if you look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, which shows us the Godhead in operation, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil for God was with him. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. Then 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. Uh, you can write these references down and study them up. We'll look at them every day. But you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. That anointing is an unction 
Without that unction, you can't function. Some people have been trying to function without an unction. One man come to me one time, he said, Brother Rodney, he said, I don't really wait on any unction anymore to prophesy. He said, I used to in my early days. But he said, I don't now, I just do it. I said, that figures the garbage that's been coming out of your mouth right lately. I wondered what was wrong. I realized you haven't been functioning with the unction. No, the anointing is the unction to function. Can you say amen? And then verse 27 says, But the anointing which you've received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and his truth it is no lie, and even as it is taught you, you shall abide in him. The key to flowing in the Holy Ghost is to live daily in the presence of God, daily to cultivate his presence. You say, how do I do that? Through worship. Worship is the primary, number one way of getting into the presence of God. If you just worship him on a regular daily basis, you could be driving down the road, you could be just lifting your hands, you know, one hand off the steering wheel, you could be praising him, you could be singing the praises of God, you can worship him lying on your bed, you can worship him in the shower. I know in the morning time I get up, the first thing I do is stagger. You say stagger, yes, stagger through to the bathroom. I go into the shower, I, and I put the shower on, I lift my hands, and just say, Lord, I thank you, even as the shower is raining down on me today, raining down upon me fresh oil from heaven, and I thank you, you anoint me for today, you empower me for today, you equip me for today, you enable me for today. Thank you for strength for today. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, to learn about the anointing, who better to learn from than the Lord Jesus Christ? Because there's different kinds of anointing. There's anointing to preach, there's anointing to teach, there's anointing to heal, there's anointing to pray, there's anointing to prophesy. They're different anointings. I've heard some people pray, I sure don't want them to pray over me. Hello. You say, why? They're not anointed. Why have some empty prayer over your head? Come on now. Some of what's been done in the church today is nothing more than laying empty hands on empty heads. The heads of the preachers are empty, or the hands of the preachers are empty, and the heads of the people coming are empty. Come on now, say amen. Now, the ministry of Jesus was very interesting to have a look at because we find out that Jesus was not anointed to stand in the place of ministry into the sense that he was not equipped or empowered until a certain period of time had transpired in his life. We see in the life and the ministry of Jesus that he spent 30 years in preparation for three and a half years of earthly ministry. Isn't that amazing that the Lord Jesus Christ would spend 30 years in preparation for a three and a half year earthly ministry and yet today ministers spend three and a half years in preparation for 30 years of ministry. It's amazing, isn't it? We know that until the day that he was anointed, you say, was there a day he was anointed? Yes. A specific day, a specific time, a specific place in his ministry. I believe for every believer there needs to come a specific day, a specific time, and a specific place when the anointing of God comes upon you. And you know that you stepped into another realm in your life and in your ministry. Jesus was anointed the day that he come down into the river Jordan 
in his 30th year was baptized by John and then as he came up out of the water the heavens opened the Holy Spirit descended like a dove doesn't say he is a dove it's not a bird the Holy Ghost not a bird but he descended like a dove and sat upon him and God spoke out of heaven and said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased from that moment of time Jesus was then anointed to stand in that place of ministry and he stood in the fullness of the ministry John 3:34 says because Jesus spoke the word of God God gave him the spirit without measure inferring that you and I have the spirit by measure we all have measures of anointing measures of the Holy Ghost Jesus had the completeness of it he was the whole ministry all wrapped into one he was the Apostle the greatest sent one the greatest missionary that had ever come to anywhere he had left heaven the glories of the realm of heaven and come to the earth below was not born in a Hilton that was taken up with the preachers convention was born in a manger <laughs> laid aside his royal robes of deity came on the greatest missionary journey of all time to pay the price for man's sin and to redeem us and to buy us back and thank God that he didn't pull back from it and any time we know he could have called 10,000 angels but he didn't he went all the way he came in through the gate he came in through the door he took on human flesh was born of a virgin lived his life at the appointed time then was anointed and equipped and enabled and empowered the God man 100% God 100% man how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were pressed to the devil for God was with him we find out that oh Mary for Jesus said he said I do not do anything but that I first see my father do it and so if we would rise up and we would walk in the anointing then we need to look at what our father would tell us to do we will need to hearken unto him we must only follow the promptings of the Spirit of God we must not follow our own plans and our own purposes we must not follow the way of tradition we must not follow the way of human reasoning we must follow the plans and the purposes of Almighty God and when we rise up in boldness and we follow the Spirit of God oh we shall enter into new dimensions into greater de greater depths and greater heights of the Spirit and oh massacre Delanja he said these works shall ye do and greater works than these shall ye do because I go to my father and when he left he sent the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost came and he's here today he's here to empower us he's here to enable us he's here to anoint us he's here to equip us oh how can we minister without the blessed Holy Ghost how can we even worship without the blessed Holy Ghost how can we study God's Word without the blessed Holy Ghost we are so dependent upon you Holy Spirit in our life for anything that we do we do not want to do anything without you and so if we've not acknowledged you like we should we do apologize and we do repent we are sorry for grieving you we are sorry for looking rather to uh, accept the praises of man than to accept the praises of God we are sorry that we have we've rather instead of offending man we've offended the spirit of grace but if you would come in even a greater way we don't care what other people say we don't care what they would 
mouth off with their tongues but oh we would enter into deeper deeper realms of the Spirit of God and there is a deeper move of the Spirit of God that has come to the church in this day and this time yes it shall cause there shall cause persecution there shall be division oh there shall be a separation between the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the carnal church for many would walk after the carnal things after the natural but will not enter into the realm of the glory but there rises up an army of men and women that will not bow their knee that will not compromise that will rise up and enter over into the realm of God and oh great shall be the rejoicing in their life there shall be a ma made an oasis in a dry and a thirsty land rejoice rejoice and say I'm one of that number rejoice even this day and say yes I'm one of that number for I make my heart a yielded vessel unto him that he can come and live big on the inside of me and flow forth through me and he shall come and live on the inside of you and he shall get all the glory all the praise and all the honor and Jesus shall be lifted up and the work of God shall be made manifest and the work of God shall come to pass and great shall be the rejoicing say the Lord hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus glory 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 hallelujah hallelujah now you see there's some people that would like to tell you that Jesus when he walked the earth as a child went around and entertained his friends at his birthday party walked in water for them raised dead birds you know can you picture the child Jesus running around dude no no he there was nothing anointed about him as that I mean he was probably just like every other little kid are you listening to me see we've got this religious idea of what we think Jesus was really like did you know that Jesus must have gone I don't want to upset some people but Jesus must have gone to the restroom <laughs> Now, I'm not trying to upset some of you, but I'll tell you what, just get that religion out of you. Ah, we've had people get up and walk out when I've said that. I realized later they were going to the restroom. But we find that that day that he was anointed, that's when he stepped into the fullness of his ministry. Right after that, the first miracle, the wedding in Canaan of Galilee, turned the water into wine. Right then comes the temptation. The devil didn't come to get him before he was anointed. When you're not anointed, the devil's not worried about you because he's got you already. Why should he worry about you? When you get the anointing of God, you become the worst nightmare to the devil. Now I tell you, God's going to raise up Holy Ghost Rambos in these last days. To boldly go where no man's gone before. To brave new frontiers. Wild people in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. When you move into town, the devil and all the demons pack up, they leave, they go. They go. You say where? They go to the Bahamas on a vacation. He faxes in, one of the demon faxes into the area. Get out of town. Brown's coming in. He's a nut. The guy's crazy. You walk down the street, they're ducking the sewers, trash cans. 
They move out the way. Everywhere you go, they're, they're ducking and diving. They can see you coming. They run to their boss and say, you're loneless, you're loneless. He's in town. The guy's nuts. Everything we try, he doesn't listen to anything we say. He ignores us completely. He won't even acknowledge that we're there. He pretends we're not even there. All he does is talk about the Holy Ghost all the time. He just irritates us. Some preachers at least give us pulpit space. Some preachers at least give us acknowledgement from the pulpit. They address us at every service. This, this crazy African, he, he won't even acknowledge us. All he talks about, the Holy Ghost. The, the guy's lunatunes. He's nuts, boss. He's nuts. God's going to raise up radical Holy Ghost filled people full of the power of God, full of the anointing of God that are going to go for. Doesn't matter where you are. They can take you and drop you by helicopter in the middle of India. And they'll come back two years later. You've got a great church flourishing and people are getting healed. Signs. They can drop you anywhere and you survive. I tell you, there's a new breed arising in the earth today. Hallelujah! I'm getting excited here this morning. So the devil come to tempt him right after he gets anointed. What did Jesus do? It is written. It is written. It is written. The devil come against you. What do you do? So why do you hold your Bible like that? Because he's under my feet. I said he's under my feet. Why hold the Bible up here? He's not up there. Hold the Bible there. Devil! Read. It is written. It is written. In actual fact, take some scripture and write it on the soles of your shoes. Because it's under our feet, glory to God. So here we see Jesus anointed by the Holy Ghost, going around everywhere he went. Healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, opened the eyes of the blind. He said, I don't do anything, but I first see my father do it. He said, if you see me, you've seen the father. I'm my father, one, you know. Hallelujah. He flowed with his father like a hand in a glove. How we need to heal to the Holy Ghost and let him flow through us. That he could speak through our mouth. That he could use our hands. That he can walk in our feet. I purpose in my heart, as we have people that are totally possessed by the devil and they would murder and rape and plunder, I want to be totally Holy Ghost possessed. Glory to God. Full. Full of the Holy Ghost. When you get around a Holy Ghost person, they'll scare the hell right out of you. Now, Jesus was the prophet. We have a lot of people running around calling themselves prophets today. They're no more a prophet than a duck is a Delta jet airline pilot. But Jesus was a prophet, a true prophet. 
He spoke by revelation. Some people just eat too much pizza and speak by pizza revelation. Hello. He was the evangelist. He brought the good news, the evangel. Glad tidings. Good news to the poor. You don't need to be poor anymore. Good news to the blind. You can receive your sight. Good news to those that are in chains. Jesus was the pastor, or you would say the pastor. He was the pastor, the shepherd of the flock. He said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Jesus was the teacher. He taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes and the Pharisees. He stood in every one of the fivefold ministries at the same time. He was the ministry. In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was the ministry. He was God made manifest in the flesh. Yet it's interesting to note that Jesus, anointed like no other person ever, Empowered like no other person ever. Standing in the fullness of the fivefold ministry like no other ever since or before or ever will because he's Jesus. He has that place. Went to Nazareth and could do no mighty work. Except he's laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them of minor ailments. He could do no mighty work because of the unbelief. Unbelief will stop the flow of the anointing of God. And I don't care who comes into place. I don't care who comes in the city. If they don't believe you, they're not going to receive you. Someone said, well, what should I do? We've got ministers sitting in some town trying to beat their brains out and get the place saved. Listen, maybe it's time that you shook the dust off your feet and got out of town. Jesus said, if you go to a place they don't receive you, leave. He didn't say stand there and try to stand and hold the fort and try to do this and do that. Somebody else might come in behind you and have the breakthrough that you tried to have. But they didn't receive you, but they'll receive somebody else. Sometimes people are just there winding a dead horse. Hello. If they don't receive you, get out of town. Lord have mercy, just get a removal truck up to your house. Move it there 4 o'clock in the morning, pack the thing up and leave. And put a sign in your house and on the church say, gone to save the world. I wouldn't sit and kill myself. Amen. Amen. They're not going to receive you. Just hit a high tail out of there, man. Amen. Go to some place. They will receive you. Jesus went to Nazareth, and they wouldn't receive him. He didn't bother him. He just kept going. He just kept going. The Bible says he came to his own. His own received him not, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. There are too many ministries trying to get accepted where God never sent them. There are too many ministries trying to gain acceptance from people that God never sent them to. You, God didn't call me to save the world. Jesus already saved the world. In the sense that the price was paid. God didn't call me and place the responsibility of the whole world upon my shoulders. 
That's why many ministries are not even around today because they felt that they were the only ones doing anything. They were the only ones. If we don't win the loss, everybody's going to hell. That's not true. God's got his army all over the world that he's raised up that are full of the anointing of God. God's got people you've never even heard about. There are churches in South America that run 100,000 people we've never even heard about. They're moving in the power of God. There are people in China all over that are raising the dead. Signs and wonders and miracles. You've never even heard about it. Never even heard about it. Never even heard about it. God's not dead on the earth. He's alive. He's moving by his spirit. He's moving all over. He's moving in Australia. He's moving in Africa. He's moving in China. He's moving in, the, in America. Can you believe it? He's moving in the United States. God's not dead. Now, when Jesus left the earth, would you turn with me to the book of Ephesians? Because this morning I'm laying a foundation for the anointing because I want you to understand the different callings and the graces and, and we'll get into different things here. Answer some questions that you might have. Ephesians chapter 4. And we read from verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace. Or you could say there, the word grace, enablement, ability, anointing. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. God gives you anointing according to the measure of the gift that he entrusts to you. God would not call you to go to Africa and not give you the anointing to stay in Africa. Amen. Now, wherefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first in the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things, and he gave some apostles. Notice he didn't give all. There's such a jostling in the body of Christ. Everybody wants to be known as a title. There's such a jostling in the body of Christ. Everybody wants to become who's who in the charismatic zoo. Hello. Apostle Doodad. Prophet Dingling. Evangelist Dingbat. Hello. Anybody's worried about a name? Well, what are you? Like three preachers were sitting around talking. One said, what are you? He said, I'm an apostle. What are you? So I'm an evangelist. What are you? Oh, I'm a prophet. He asked the fourth guy. What are you? He says, I'm a big mess without Jesus. That's what I am. What good is a ministry with a title with no power to go with the title? Thomas said, well, I'm an apostle. Well, what, what have you done? Well, I just left my house. And, uh, well, what have, you, what have you done in the ministry? Where are the signs of the apostle that go with your ministry? Well, they're not made manifest yet. Well, I think just forget, drop the title until you get the power. Come on now. I saw one man build himself. He was an apostle. And then he built himself as a prophet. And then he built himself as an evangelist. Then he built himself as a teacher. I thought, Lord have mercy. If he just started church, get about 100 people together, he could say he's a pastor. And then we could just quit doing what we're doing, go over him because he has everything. When Jesus left the earth and he gave gifts unto men, he didn't take the fullness of his ministry and go to one person and give it to that person. 
That's what's so erroneous about all the denominations. Because you've got this one saying you wrong, that one saying you wrong, this one saying you wrong, and everybody's got a measure of the Spirit of God. And everybody sees things from a different area, a different angle. There's a huge mountain that we're climbing. It's like a man on the north face arguing with a man on the south face and saying, you're on the same mountain as me. And then they get to the top and say, how did you get here? One says, I came up the south side of the mountain. Another one says, I came up the north side of the mountain. They're climbing the same mountain and arguing with each other by way of radio that they're not on the same mountain. And when they got to the top to put the flag in, they both reached the same place at the same time. But yet the one came from the one side, the other one came from the other side. It amazes me how some people got an idea that they're the only ones. Me and my wife and my son and his wife, us four no more. We're the only ones that have anything to do. And if revival's going to come, it's going to only come through our church because we have the truth. God, when Jesus died, he left us in authority. Hallelujah. And they, they ignore the rest of the body of Christ. That's what I appreciate about Pastor Carl Strader. His openness to accept the fullness of what God's doing around the world. Hello. You don't want to get around narrow-minded people. Some people are so narrow-minded, they can look through a keyhole with both eyes. <laughs> Hello. He gave some apostles, not all, some prophets, some. If you, you look at some people today, you think prophets grows on trees. You think you can go and buy them down at the supermarket. These gifts do not come from man. These gifts come from heaven. Man cannot anoint somebody to be an apostle or a prophet. If God doesn't anoint you, you can have the title. That's all you've got. These gifts come from heaven. Somebody said, what does ordination do? Ordination only recognizes the call that's already there, but it has to come from heaven. Man cannot give it. You can have 10 of the greatest men of the planet in God lay hands on your head, and they can rub your head till it goes bald and give you a certificate. But if God never anointed you and God never appointed you, you really have got nothing more than 10 certificates and a bald head. But you don't have the office. That comes by the Holy Ghost. And it comes from, from heaven. And it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gave some evangelists. And he gave some pastors and teachers. Somebody said, it looks like pastors and teachers are together. No, no. There's some people that are pastors, but they're not teachers. There are other people that are teachers, but they're not pastors. There's a, there's a distinctive ministry of the pastor and then the teacher. And you have to understand, if you go and sit under the ministry of certain ministries, you can become influenced through that ministry in that way with the emphasis that's on their ministry. Let's say an evangelist. You could be saved and healed, but that's about all. You sit constantly in the ministry of an evangelist and you'll be saved and healed. You'll know you're on your way to heaven, but that's about all. You sit in the ministry of the teacher, only teaching. Some people don't like preaching. They only want teaching. 
The more Greek you give them, the happier they are. They're like the rat that found the cheese factory. If you stand there and quote the Greek and have dialogue, they sit there, oh. They come to church with the Strong's Concordance for the Strong's, Young's for the Young's, Crudence for the Crude, Vines for the Drunk, a Bible big enough to choke humanity. And they just got their notes, they're busy. And that's all fine. And, one, and, they do, and But you sit under teacher, just, I've watched some people, they just, only one teaching. Don't want no preaching, only one teaching. And they're very analytical. Viviana. Now the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You've got to understand the different and the diversity. The body of Christ needs diversity. Everybody should be part of a local church and have a past and go there. But that church should bring the fivefold ministry through so that the church can be balanced. Not lopsided. Not lopsided. Not only hearing a lot of churches, and this is a new teaching that's growing up here in America because a lot of new things come up. But a lot of churches, they believe that you can have the fivefold ministry within the church, within the, each individual church. So on staff, you've got the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Give me a break. How are they going to speak the word of the Lord when they're all on salary? And if they did something that was contrary to the way they go, they get fired anyway. Their prophet's going to prophesy exactly what they want him to hear or what they want to hear. Isn't that right? Come on now, say amen. It's the truth, folks. No, God taking a voice from the outside and bring him in and be able to minister to the church. Bring in a, a fresh perspective. And what happens when a church becomes closed like that, it becomes inbred. Hello, this is, my name's Daryl. This is my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. <laughs> the church becomes inbred and it can't produce nothing. It can't produce nothing. They live off each other's prophecies. They preach each other's sermons. They bring forth each other's revelations. They do not receive from heaven that which the Spirit of God is saying. And that's one of the problems in the church. You cannot cut yourself off from the body of Christ. The foot cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. One thing the Lord told me, he said, stay neutral. We, we go to many different churches. We go to Nazarene churches. We go to Assemblies of God churches. We go to Church of God churches. We go to Pentecostal Holy Churches churches. We go to Methodist churches. We go to uh, Nazarene churches. I mean, just right across the board. We go to Word of Faith churches. We go to Word of Doubt and Unbelief churches. We go into Charismatic churches. We go to Crazy-matic churches. We go to Automatic churches. I mean, you know, we'll just go wherever God opens the doors. I've had people come to me and say, if you preach for that preacher, you can never preach for me. Can you believe that? I said, why? Well, we don't agree with what he does. I thought, bless your heart. Bless your darling little Jesus heart. You say, what did you do? I preached for them first, then I went to preach for the other preacher. I've never been invited back. But then I'm not too sure if I really want to be. Because that's just a, a sectarian spirit. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. Who's your spiritual guru? Hello. I'll tell you what. I have one. 
and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you can't, you can't go along with him alone. You get into trouble just following Jesus. No, we'll follow him. Amen? Now, why were these gifts given? For the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice these are for the edifying of the body of Christ. How come some ministries are not edifying to the body of Christ? I've watched some people that just sit under the ministry of the prophet and everybody's going to drop dead tomorrow. This one's going to die. That one's going to die. Hello? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Thank God. I can go and get tapes of a teacher, listen to them, and just be totally blessed. Then I can go and get a good pastor's tapes and listen to that and just be fed. Then I get a hold of an evangelist and just get stirred up. Then I get some tapes of a true prophet of God and listen to him preach and minister the word of God and then minister in the realm of the spirit and just get totally fired up. And so what do you do? You are feasting from the ministry of Jesus through the diversity. He is a God of diversity. Thank God we're not all the same. Wouldn't it be terrible if we all looked the same and wore the same and dressed the same and talked the same? Wouldn't it be just a nightmare? Wouldn't it be terrible if every restaurant out there was the same? Or every car was the same? Thank God. How many like diversity? How many like the thing that you can go and choose? God uses me to reach a certain group of people. There are people that come into our meetings and they get out. And I was just in Brisbane, Australia preaching. And a man got up and stormed out of the tent. And came back in and shouted at me. And then stormed out. Well, he didn't like my ministry. It didn't bother me. It didn't faze him. I didn't really like him when I looked at him. Hello. So the feeling was mutual. There wasn't a problem. Amen. I got tired of preaching to the deadhead, and so he left. But I didn't need to take, I didn't take it personally because somebody else will come there and be able to minister to that man. He's obviously one of the ones that I'm not sent to minister to. But God will use us all differently. He'll use me the way he doesn't use you, but he'll use you the way he doesn't use me. We should not seek to be like one another. We should seek to be like Jesus. We should not want to change our ministries and let them all be the same. We should just be us. If you want to be anointed, be you. The most powerful anointing you'll ever have on your life is when you are you. You try to be like somebody else, you'll have a phony anointing. Come on now. Just be you. He says that we henceforth be no more children. All right, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or mature man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight 
of men and cunning craftiness whereby the lion wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ now somebody said but brother Rodney what do I do if I'm not an apostle if I'm not a prophet if I'm not an evangelist apostle and teacher what do I do am I not anointed no those are the fivefold ministry callings somebody said I think I'm an apostle you're not somebody said I think I'm a prophet you're not you can't learn to be a prophet you can't learn to be an apostle you can't even learn to be an evangelist when the Holy Ghost hits you you'll either be it or you're not are you listening to me you'll either be it or you're not Wigglesworth was a plumber that was so busy plumbing and then God touched him and got the Holy Ghost and when his wife actually used to preach and Wigglesworth got up and started to preach, she couldn't even believe that it was Smith. She sat on the front row saying, I can't believe it's my Smithy. I can't believe it's my Smithy. And yeah, he went from plumbing to preaching and got so busy preaching, he couldn't plumb anymore. What a powerful man of God. But when did it come? When he got empowered by the Holy Ghost, his life changed. And he became Smith Wigglesworth, the apostle of faith. The radical... The people that talk about Wigglesworth today wouldn't even have been seen dead in one of his meetings. He used to punch people in the healing line. Imagine that. I'd love him to be in some of my healing lines. There's some people I'd love to have punched. I don't know if Wigglesworth decided he was ministering by the fivefold ministry. The laying on of hands, hard, fast, and continuously, without prayer. No, not everybody's called to the ministry. Into the sense of the fivefold ministry. Not everybody's called as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. In some instances, there are too many chiefs and no Indians. Hello. Everybody thinks they're a prophet. Everybody thinks they're an apostle. Everybody and listen, I mean you either are or you're not. It's not a title, and you do nothing with it. Somebody said, I'm a part-time prophet. <laughs> Obviously, your gift wasn't worth much. It couldn't get you full-time. Obviously, your gift really wasn't worth much. It couldn't get you out of town. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. When the anointing of God comes on you, you'll be a witness in Jerusalem, your home. Then you'll go a little bit further, Judea. Then you'll go to Samaria. Then you'll go to the uttermost parts of the earth. When God anoints you, he'll take you out of town. It'll be an anointing that'll help you get out of town. Either by way that they ran you out, Or you left on your own free will. I must be honest with you, I'd rather walk out than be run out. But every believer is anointed. Open your Bibles to John chapter 4. Verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. 
but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water spring up in everlasting life he talked about a well of water spring up to everlasting life in other words you could say that when you are born again you get a well anointing with joy shall you draw forth water out of the wells of salvation when you are born again God anoints you and there's a well on the inside of you amen it's bubbling it's bubbling it's bubbling in my soul amen that well of water springing up to everlasting life say this after me say when I'm born again I have a well anointing that's why if people ask you how are you doing say very well thank you then go with me to John chapter 7 and verse 37 in the last day the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water you could say when you get saved you get a well anointing when you get full of the Holy Ghost you get a river We sing that song, there's a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors and sets the captives free. Some people sing, there's a drop of life flowing out of me. Makes no one to walk and the blind don't see. I used to weigh 200 pounds, but now I weigh three. There's a drop of life flowing out of me. When you get saved, you get the well. When you get full of the Holy Ghost, you get the river. And it flows, it runs out of you. Out of your belly flows forth rivers of life giving water. Glory to God. Two kinds of anointings. Anointing when you get saved. Anointing when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It says, but this spake he of the Spirit. We say that believed in him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified two different anointings you can get saved and be anointed many people operate under that well anointing and do so effectively and even enter the ministry and even have a great ministry under that well anointing but then bless God when they step over into that river is a lot bigger a well, a well is a lot smaller than a river how many of you realize that how many of you always realize too uh, you know that a river you got to just draw it out by a bucket I mean a well you've got to draw it out by a bucket but a river you know just flows and it makes its own course down to the sea amen you look at the Nile or the Mississippi River and you see how it flows hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles how many would rather have the river all right now somebody said can I be anointed of God yes if you saved you are You've got to learn about the anointing. You see, the church has been ignorant about spiritual things. Let me explain this to you. Electricity, which really is God's anointing in the natural. Sure, not the devil. He didn't invent it. The anointing is God's electricity in the supernatural. Electricity is transferable. Electricity needs to have a good conductor. You can either have a good conductor which will cause it to flow or a bad conductor which or a resistance which will stop it from flowing the same with the anointing the anointing can either go into a person many times when I'm laying hands on people I can feel the anointing go into them and come right back out of them sometimes it's easy to lay hands on a refrigerator 
at least you'll get more out of it. Hello. You lay hands on some people, you can look in the eyes and see the lights are on, but nobody's home. Some you see, they've gone away on time sharing. Permanent time sharing. Hello. And you can lay hands on them. It's like laying hands on, on, on the TV monitor. I mean, just dead. Just nothing. They didn't come in faith. They didn't mix faith with the anointing. They didn't come. They're not even receiving. They're not even soaking it in like a sponge. If you want anointing, you've got to learn how to receive it. We've got to teach people how to receive the anointing, how to drink from the anointing, how to allow the anointing of God to flow in them. We've got to teach them. Now, electricity would have worked 2,000 years ago. Benjamin Franklin didn't invent it. He found out certain principles about it. The laws of flight would have worked 2,000 years ago. A 747 would have flown over Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, just as much as what it does now. Would have been a lot safer flying over Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. But the technology was, the Wright brothers didn't invent flight. They found out about it. Flight was already invented. So all these things have been around, electricity, flight. But the world has been ignorant until recent times. They've learned certain things and they've learned how to enhance and to do certain things and to harness certain power. And then begin to flow with that. And today we can get on a 747 and fly around the world. God's anointing is there available. But the church has been like in the dark ages when it comes to the operation of the anointing. When it comes to the ministering of the anointing. And they've got to learn to begin to flow with the spirit of God. And this is why I give you the differentiation between the ministry of Jesus and then the fivefold ministry. Because we make up, the fivefold ministry makes up corporately the ministry of Jesus on the earth today. Then every believer's anointing with that well anointed, well, well anointing. Then every believer, when he's full of the Holy Ghost, is anointed with that river anointing. Some of you have a river on the inside of you, but you've damned it up because of criticism. You've blocked it up because of what other people have told you. Some of you used to prophesy, but you don't prophesy anymore because you're, sick, you're scared of what other people say. Some of you used to pray for the sick, but you don't pray for the sick anymore because you're afraid of being criticized. If you're going to have the anointing of God flow through you, first of all, you've got to lose the fear of man. You've got to die to what other people think about you. That if they came up to you and spat in your face, you'd just smile at them and tell you, you'd just tell them, I love you so much. I really love you. The people that will fight you the most are not the sinners. They're the religious people. Ministers have fought us more than anything else. Preachers. Most of them because it's jealousy. Hello? Just jealousy for the lack of anointing in their own lives and their own ministry. Yet they don't realize they can get the same. They can just come to Jesus and get the same and get anointed. There's no shortage of the anointing of God. Amen. All right, so every believer is anointed. Say that often. Say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. 
Say this after me. When I get full of the Holy Ghost, then I'm empowered. Now somebody said, well, what can I do? Just do whatever your hand finds to do. We've got people sitting around with anointing waiting for an opportunity to preach. Start on the street corners, you ugly thing. Start on the street corners. Go and do some hospital visitation. Start going into the prisons. Go down to the beach and walk the beaches and preach to people. Someone said, oh yeah, I receive that. Honolulu, Honolulu. Honolulu, Honolulu. Waikiki, Shondai. I receive that, I receive that. Start being used of God. Somebody said, I'm going to have a great healing ministry. Well, why didn't you pray for that person who just walked by you a little while ago? Oh, it wasn't on television. That's why I didn't pray for them. Listen, give me a break. Just pray for people. Pray. I mean, you can't even pray for your big toe. Now you want to go and have a healing ministry. I mean, start somewhere. Start on yourself at least, you know. I know when I started out in the ministry in 1980, I think for the first two years, every incurable case that I prayed for died. Died! Now don't look at me. Don't look at me like I was with my problem. They were going to die anyway. They just passed me on the way to the grave. But you know, there was a little disheartening. People come to me and say, Brother Rodney, this lady's got 12 hours to live. I thought, just keep her away from me. She might live 15. If I pray for her, she'll be dead in three. I tell you, almost won't put you off, you know. This person's got cancer. They don't care. Oh, no. Oh, no. Get them away from me. I don't want to be responsible for their death. Hello? But I gritted my teeth. I said, bless God, I'm going to get a hold of cancer people, and I'm going to pray for them, and I'm going to lay my hands on them. I don't care if everyone dies. I'm just too stupid to realize that they're dying. I'm just going to keep praying for them. And I begin to pray and begin to pray. I remember I was called to go and pray for a... One of our students, I was a teacher back at the Bible school in Africa. One of my students come to me and said, Pastor Rodney, would you come pray for this lady? She's really my aunt. She's dying of cancer. Doctors are giving her 12 hours to live. I said, sure. I get in the car. We get over the house. I'm standing at the side of the bed there. I said, now I always wait on God when I pray for somebody. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to me, just, just, just obey me. Just follow my promptings. And so I just started following the prompting of the Lord. I heard myself say this. You foul spirit of death and cancer. I adjure you by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Come out of this woman. I curse you just like Jesus cursed the fig tree. Wither up and dry up from the roots. I curse you, you foul devil of death and cancer. I curse you in Jesus' name. I take authority over you. You wither up from the roots. I curse you. Come out of this woman right now, you foul. And I just kept doing that. And every time I stop, I heard the Lord say, do it again. I just said, you foul spirit of death and cancer. I adjure you by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Come out of this woman. I curse you. I curse you just like Jesus cursed the fig tree cancer you dry up from the roots in jesus name come out of this woman and i just kept doing that and it just kept and i mean several minutes later suddenly poof, i mean power of god hit the place hit the lady the bed she started shaking right the whole bed was vibrating power of god run right down through her hit the brother standing at the foot of the bed i thought he was going to go through the roof I mean, he started shouting, this lady, God, got a hold of her. Her theme song became, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. 
and when she finished, she sang, I'm all shook up, you know. And uh, God raised the woman out of her bed, totally healed by the power of God, and she went shopping the next day. That's sure a sign when a, when a, that a woman's been healed when she goes shopping. You know that a woman's healed when she goes shopping. It's the same when I started. I felt in my heart, I'd love to pray for deaf people. So I'd say, anybody deaf here? Will you come up? They'd go, huh? And then I'd line them up, pray. Some of them were, were more deaf when I finished them. When they were, I, I was sorry that I even prayed for them because even if they had a little hearing, it was gone. But I just, just said, I bless God, I'm going to keep praying for the deaf. I'm going to keep praying for sick people. And I'd go into some of the remote areas in Africa where I knew there's nobody out here. <laughs> Hundreds of people that are sick. And if I flop, I'm going to flop big. But I'll just, and boy, you see miracles happen. Line up 50 deaf ears. Pop, 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 open, 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 pop all over the place. I mean, people are healed left, right, and center. Left, right, and center. They brought me a lady one day, <clears throat> or sorry, a lady brought me a little child in calipers with club feet. If the feet wouldn't sit like that, they would twist it down. Now the calipers helped the feet sit like that. And yeah, I just preached a whole message on healing. She's the first one in the line with this kid. I thought, Lord have mercy, did I have to stop? What in the world? I could have prayed for a headache, a backache, a nosache, but yeah, I'm going to pray for this lady, this kid in calipers. I mean, give me a break. And everybody's sitting looking at me. Like I'm the big one, the big mouth that just shouted out my mouth. He saves, he heals, he sets free, he delivers. He's the same Jesus. And my mind is saying, you've had it now. You finished. You did in the water. You're out there in a remote part of Africa with this tribe of people. They're sitting looking at you. You're going to die. They're going to kill you. And then I hear myself say, take those calipers off. And it, it come out of my mouth so fast. My mind's going... And then, and then I'm back in my head again, and, I, and my mind said, now, what if nothing happens? And I heard my heart say, what if something does? And suddenly, the faith of God grabbed a hold of my spirit. I had a hold of this little kid's feet. The feet were down in my hands. And I said, in the name of G, and I many times don't even have time to say this is, I said in the name of Jesus, as I did, the feet swung right around. Instantaneously. Who was more amazed? Me. My interpreter fell to the ground weeping and crying. And he said, oh, I have never seen anything like this. And I went like this. Thank you, Lord. 
But folks, you're not going to be used of God. And anybody can step into that because the Bible says these signs shall follow them to believe. In my name they cast out devils, speak with new tongues, lay hands on the sick. So the whole thing is this, there's a lot that you can do without being a preacher or a teacher. And then if God wants to use you, he'll, he'll do a work in your heart and step over. And I really believe this, and I'm going to close with this. That in these meetings, some of you will actually be called... Not by man, but by the Spirit of God into a deeper consecration. And some will even go into the ministry. There are even some sitting here this day, say the Lord, that in a matter of months shall see a change come in their life and in their ministry. There are even some that are seated here that within a matter of 18 months shall be on a foreign field somewhere preaching and proclaiming the gospel. For I have been preparing you and am getting you ready, saith the Lord, for that which I'll do through you in these last days. So do not draw back but hunger and allow my spirit to put on the inside of you that which you need to get the job done. And many shall leave this place with an added dimension of the supernatural that they never had before. And it shall stand them in good stead in the days to come. For they lay up for themselves oil reserves that they're going to need to draw upon in the days to come. For the night hour doth come. It is day now. We must work while it's still day. But the night hour comes. And oh, do you have enough oil? to make it through the night hour that doth come. Receive from the hand of God. Allow his touch, allow his anointing to come unto you, and great shall be the rejoicing in your life. Hallelujah. Now, we have different kinds of meetings. Let me say this to you, because um, I've closed now. I've closed the teaching. I want to say this. You know, when I started the ministry, of course, my, our main emphasis was in the area of healing. And we used to go after the sick and stuff. And we still pray for the sick, but that's not our, I'm not a healing ministry. I'm not a healing evangelist or anything like that. Not that I don't want to be uh, friends with any of them. I'm not. That's not our main emphasis. Our ministry is revival and seeing the change in people's hearts. We have more miracles happen by accident than on purpose. People get healed and they go and, and they come back with a doctor's report. I'm not interested in anything else. I want to see it. A total miracle. I'm not trying to look for one. I don't have to help God. He either does it or he doesn't. If God's going to do it, he can do it. I, I'm not going to kill myself to get somebody healed. It's not my reputation anyway. It's his reputation. He can come and do whatever he wants to do. But we have many, many cases of total incurable diseases that have been healed. Doctors' reports. People that fell under power, they did not come. We did not pray for them to be healed of that sickness or that disease. They just came. They fell under power of God. And on the floor, God touched them. Do you know how much pressure that takes off me? I don't have to do anything. I'm not the healer. And I'm not saying you have to operate this way. I'm not saying there aren't ministries that pray for the sick that way. There are, and they're valid, and they're good, and they're wonderful. I'm just telling you what God's called us to do. But we didn't start off that way. Our main ministry was praying for the sick. We'd go for the sick at every service. But you can get healed in these services, dear friends. I don't care what sickness or disease that you have. You can get healed as you get under the anointing and you allow the anointing to minister to you. And as I was talking about that cancer situation, I want to pray for people here this morning 
If you have cancer, I want you to get out of your seat and come up here quickly. Quickly. Every person that has cancer in your body, get out of your seat and come up here. Line up across the front here. I just feel we're going to flow with the Holy Ghost in these services. How I many is that all right with you? First of all, let me ask a question. Did you learn something this morning? Now, tomorrow I'm going to talk about how to increase the anointing. How many know that you are anointed now? Wave your hand at me if you're anointed. All right. Now, tomorrow I'm going to talk about how to increase that anointing. You foul spirit of death and cancer, I do you by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Come out, come out and dry up from the roots. I curse you just like Jesus cursed the fig tree. You foul spirit of death and cancer, I do you by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Come out, come out. Go, 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 go from this body. I said go. I said, go, right now, right now, right now. You have to receive that anointing. I curse, I curse cancer. Go. I curse cancer over this body right now. Go in Jesus' name. I curse cancer, you foul spirit of death and cancer. I adjure you by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Come out of this body. I pull you up by the roots. I said, come out, come out, come out. Go. In Jesus' name. You foul spirit of death and cancer. I adjure you by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. I curse you and I pull you out by the roots. Come out. Come out of her body. Come out of her body. Come out of her. Come out of her. Come out of her. Come out of her in Jesus' name. Be gone. Be loosed. Now, I do that sometimes when the Lord prompts me to do it. And all we're doing is administering the anointing. You know, if people can go for chemotherapy, I don't, really, I don't really see why they can't just come and get under the anointing. Every time there's a service, just come and get under the anointing. Let the Holy Ghost get on them. Amen. We had a lady in Spring Hill that had lung cancer. And the doctors examined her and said the cancer's diminishing. Every couple of days, the cancer was just shrinking within her lungs. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And all she was doing was just coming and getting under the power of God, getting under the anointing of God. Pick this lady up over here. What's happening to you? What's happening? Huh? What's happening? What is happening to you? Tell, yeah, tell me. Tell me what you feel in your body. Huh? Where's, where, where's, where's the, being the cancer? What kind of cancer? What did the doctors say? How much did they operate on you? They took it to me. What did they say about it? Is it spreading? They don't know. Do you feel anything going through your body? Love. Love. I thank you for thy healing touch. Let the fire of God go into this body and burn every trace of cancer out of this body in Jesus' name. That's the operating table. That's the operating table. Thank you, sir. 
That's the operating table. You've got to mix faith. You see, you can have hands laid on you, but if you don't mix faith with the anointing, you're never going to receive. If you just think it's the laying on of hands alone, it's not. It's coming to receive something by the laying on of hands. There's an impartation. There is a transference of anointing. That goes for anything, not just for healing. People come in the line, they want the joy of the Lord, but then they, you put your hands on them and they're not there to receive. I don't know what they're there for. Actually, some people need to slap up the side of the head to wake them up out of their tradition. Amen. All right. How many are you ready to receive now? All right. Now you can place a demand on the anointing. Just plug your finger in the light socket. I want you to see yourself in the realm of the spirit, plugging your finger in the light socket. Come here, to you two ladies. Come here quickly. What's happening to you? Huh? What's happening? Huh? You what? It's real, isn't it? And you? I was praying with a man who couldn't receive. I wanted him to have the faith to receive the healing. I was repenting for unbelief. Lift your hands. Lord, I thank you that you'll use them mightily. Let your fire fall on them. Now in Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. From your innermost being bubbles forth the river. The river. The river. The river. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it right now. Never the same. People will never be the same. Never be the same. Hallelujah. Come here, dear lady. Here, second row. Second row. Yes. You say, who are you calling? I'm calling people that I see the Holy Ghost is falling on. Lift your hands. Never the same again. In Jesus' name. That's it right now from the top of your head. There it is. 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 Receive that. Receive that. Receive that. Receive that. Receive that. That's God's operating table. Lord, do a work. Bring a change. Come here, dear sister. This lady over here with the hand raised. Come here. Remember this, God's moving all the time. Even while I'm preaching, the Spirit of God's moving. Understand that. Stand right here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands as you do. The power of God falls on you. Fell from top of your head to the soles of your feet. Are loose. Come here, young man, quickly. Stand right over here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands as you do. The power of God falls on you. Fell from top of your head. That lady over there with your hand on your mouth. Quickly, come here. Quickly. You, sister, on the second row over here. Come here. Quickly. Yes, second row. Come here, lady. Stand right here. Lift your hands. Filled from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Quickly, lady, come here. The Holy Ghost is falling on this place. Come here. Stand right here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. As you do, the power of God falls in you. Filled from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. See, I want you to know there's nothing hype about this. This will work in the streets. There's no choir singing near my God to thee. This is just cold. I mean, sometimes I just love to just stand and talk for about an hour and a half 
just quietly like this and just make it just if it, some people are falling asleep and then suddenly bam let the holy ghost just fall on the plane because some people think it's something you've got to whip up and it's not it is the holy ghost and he is powerful what works here will work on the street corner i preach on the streets when the motorbike gang's trying to ride over me people falling under the power of god on the pavement come here lady god's power's all over you come here This is God's operating table. People fall in the power of God. Some have been caught up into the glory realm. One lady went up and stood in the river of life. Stand here. Lift your hands. Filled from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We had a lady in Alaska that suffered from severe guilt for about 20 years because when she was unsaved, she had aborted two of her children. And she could never forgive herself. Never. But come to the meeting, power God knocked on the floor. And she left her body, went up to heaven, and stood there. And the two children run to her and said, Mommy, 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 we want to tell you we love you, we forgive you. And God totally released that woman. She got up off the floor, never again to deal with that guilt. It's gone forever. God surgically did an operation in her and removed that which was offending her. And she has been released and become a whole person. That's the Holy Ghost, dear friends. How many just sense his presence just flowing through this place? There's a sweet anointing flowing into this place. Step into the water and see. Sing it, bro. There's a sweet anointing flowing into this place. Step into the water. change you, fill you up to overflowing, step in and be set free today, I'm set free, I'm set free, through his anointing, set
Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Some of you under the power, you get up too quickly. Come here, sister. Come here. Some of you under the power, you get up. You're playing charismatic games. Stay under the Holy Ghost. Don't get up. Come here. Oh, never the same. Never the same again. Never the same again. Kasuno, Ratashanai, Ratushano, Repia de Bella, Repia de Leba, Repia de Baya, Kasunom, Repia Telesuko, Sakala Banama, Sunombre, 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 Sekela Fiesta Paya, Sunombre, Sunombre, Karadestanea. Oh, let him touch you. He can come and touch you right in your seats. The angels of the Lord of God are in this place. They'll come right up to you and touch you right in your seats. Oh, and you'll never be the same again. You'll never, it's the touch of God that's going to make the difference. Come here, sir. Come here. It's the touch of God. The touch of Almighty God that makes the difference. Stand right there. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. As you do, God's power falls in you. Filled from top of your head to the soles of your feet. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. It's yours. Receive. You must receive the anointing. The anointing is given. The anointing is received. You must receive. You come in faith like a little child. Hungry, hungry. Come here, sir. Stand him right there. Stand him right there. Lift your hands. Never the same again. I lose that touch. Pastor. Tell us what happened to you last night. Uh. Thank <laughs> you. 
anybody on the ground don't even go pray for them just sit you can sit away from them if you want to pray for them don't touch them because you don't want to interfere with what God's doing I don't want any children running around people sometimes the kids run and play leapfrog over the bodies leave this <laughs> just leave the folk under the anointing this is God's operating table We've had people been under power for six hours. And then they've got up their life and it's never been the same again. I lose. That's it right now. That's it right now. That's it right now. That's it right now. Phil. There it is. There it is. There it is. I lose the touch. That's it right now. I lose the touch. 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 In the name of Jesus. 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 